0: Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. If you want to listen live in the central Indiana area, you can hear us on 93.5 FM and 107.5 FM.
1: What in the hell do you think you're doing? Hey, John boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. If anybody wants to walk, do it now. Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid. Get it picked up! It's Darius Leonard! A pick six for the Maniac! Touchdown, INDY! Yes, sir! Uh, oh, Double time! Miles yeah. John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in indianapolis a place where so many of my dreams have come true the ride with jmv on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
2: third down and four for lawrence looking to his left he fires upfield five yard line yards after catch that's a touchdown for christian kirk jaguars have the first lead of the game it's six to nothing they score a touchdown on their first possession First and ten in plus territory. Here's Robinson. Big run. 30. He's at the 20. Angling right. 10. He's at the 5. And he will score. He was hit at the goal line and then stays up and crosses into the end zone. James Robinson with a 37-yard touchdown run. It is to nothing on the Colts. Lawrence under center. Robinson. They fake oh. a pitch to him. Now Lawrence. Throws it upfield, he had a first down, but then went for the touchdown as he just tossed it to Christian Kirk into the end zone for the score. Ryan stays in the game, he's going to air it out, and that pass is intercepted. It was intended for Paris Campbell, that's an overthrow on the sideline, and it's picked off by Andre Sisco, the safety out of Syracuse. And the Colts have fired three interceptions today and they've turned over on downs twice, and the misery continues. (laughs) The Indianapolis Colts have just been shut out for the first time since 2018 on this field in Jacksonville. Final score, it's the Jaguars 24, and the Indianapolis Colts
0: nothing. Hey, I originally thought that maybe Kyle would just put together uh, nothing, just like the music, and then pond it down and have me start talking. Buffalo Wild Wings and Speedway off of Crawfordsville Road. Hey, listen, I've got ice-cold Bud Light, and at the very least, we can all have beers together today. I do have tickets to give away for the home opener. I'll explain that coming up in a bit. But at the very least, we can just get together here and have some beers and get ready for that double dip on Monday Night Football. Uh, because there's a lot to talk about, certainly, and it's not going to be anything that is even close to being good. That was one of the most, and I've been around here since 1984. I have seen, I have been to some bad football games. But something like that, and there are so many different layers to just how big of a freaking joke that was yesterday. Where do you want to begin? And I know I kind of take, I I guess I would take the easy road, but it's the accurate road. You know, I started last night, or I should say maybe earlier in the day after the game, talking about the coach. I'll get to that coming up in a minute. I also talked yesterday about the general manager who has gone his own way. I've talked about everything. I mean, ownership on down. The one thing I didn't talk about yesterday is, uh, hello, players. You guys want to participate whatsoever? Do you have to have a coach that's outspoken? Do you have to have a coach that motivates you? Do you have to have a coach that holds your hand? What about this group? Did we so look at a lot of these players and just cataclysmically Misevaluate how. Listen, the only thing I can think about is seven Pro Bowlers a year ago. How big of a joke is the Pro Bowl? Yeah, I know we make fun of it all the time, and I know it's an honor for these guys, but that yesterday was awful, and then you think of all the dynamics at work here. Before anything else, for these guys who grow into this position as being just absolutely ultra-competitive, I wouldn't deny that. These guys have more competitive spirit, or at least to this point, have had than any of us do. We have no idea. How do you have any competitive spirit, pride at all, and show up and do that? And show up and look like that? A lot of those players were there back in January. All those players, with the exception of Michael Pittman Jr. not playing and Alec Pierce not playing and Blankenship being cut, were there in Houston last week. How is there not just this huge alarm bell? I don't give a damn if it's week one or week two. This team on any level should never, ever look like that. Let's talk about pride for a moment. This team got bounced out of the postseason, incredibly embarrassed back in January. Had to own that, live with that, soak that up for the better part of what, six months plus? And the rallying cry had been, especially in training camp when they're all coming on the show, was talking about how, you know, we remember that. And how we want to make good on that. And how that's going to you know, be the motivational chip on our shoulder we need. We know what happens. We know how embarrassing that was. We want to make up for it. So what they have essentially done, they have decided to string together seven of the worst quarters that we have all ever seen football-wise. And this goes all the way back. This goes all the way back to 1984. When you would go to a game at the then Hoosier Dome. And you would have old ladies be knitting. And everybody's coming from church. And the dudes are all wearing slacks and penny loafers. They don't give a crap about the game. They're just showing up because it's new and the NFL is here. They don't give a damn about the product. How about pride? How about pride from the players? How about pride from an offensive line that looks so grossly overpaid right now it's absurd hey I'd like to go all in on the 37 year old quarterback that looked absolutely washed up yesterday but I can't completely go all in I have no idea what the guy may look like if he gets any semblance of protection whatsoever from this overpaid group you just paid a left guard 20 million dollars per Your right tackle has been awful. Your center has been awful. I don't even want to say about Danny Penner. I guess I haven't noticed. Is that good or bad? I don't know. Probably bad, considering your 37-year-old quarterback got sacked five stinking times. Yeah, don't give me this early season crap. This looks more, correct me if I'm wrong, because we have spanned the better part of six months. This looks more like an epidemic with this group, does it not? Than it does just a little blip on the radar, something that we can turn around. Well, this team of the past has really turned things around. Always turning stuff around. Ever occurred to you maybe to get the job done at the moment? I'll give you this Jacksonville, without question, is better. Here's the scary part about it, too. They not only look better, that's legit better yesterday. Because let's face it, Colts in January got housed, and we rarely recollect going back to what was it, October of a year ago, when the Colts basically at home had to survive here. They had to survive. Jacksonville, once they got rid of the clown head coach of a year ago, they got a guy under the nose that has done that. Clearly they have drafted well. They have surrounded themselves with essential modern-day winning NFL type of guys. And you can laugh all you want about how much money Christian Kirk got paid. The rest of the NFL made fun of it. Everybody laughed, oh, you're overpaying this guy. He's got three touchdowns in two games. Anybody else take that right now? Or would you rather see footballs thrown wobbly to Desmond Patman? What would you guys rather want here? You know, the believability of the pass-catching room. No, but pride. Pride in this product. Pride from the coaching staff. How do you let these guys come out there? How are these guys coming out there looking like that? And back to the players for a moment, too. Oh, yeah, it's way too early to get rid of the coach. It's way too early to make decisions. I mean, hell, last week, you scapegoated. He deserved it because he was terrible, but you scapegoated the place kicker. So who's it going to be this week? Who should it be this week? I know I'm guessing. Anybody else out there guessing? And listen, before you get to it, I don't want anybody to lose their gig. I don't know anybody on this station who wants anybody to lose their gig. But if we're going to be frank and honest about this entire operation, we're going to have to talk about this possibility because this cannot be it. This can't be it. Jim Irsay with what he did in trying to put this duo, general manager and head coach together. What he did is he wanted that constant. This is not the constant that he was looking for. That familiarity. Working relationship. He wanted to build that over the years. He believes in that. He believes in that. The problem is they're not giving him anything to believe in right now. And they—they they are entirely too comfortable. I tell you what was scary to me. I don't know if anybody noticed this. I'll get to the nuts and the bolts of the game in just a second. I mean, hell, you guys were watching just like I was yesterday. But the thing that I noticed more so than anything else—and this goes back to last week with Shaquille Leonard—and I'm sure I'm taking this out of context, not exactly, because we all know how it how they feel, how they talk, give us that player speak about, well, it's just another week and it's early in the season. Bullcrap, bullcrap, bullcrap. The only saving grace for this team right now, and I mean players on down, the only saving grace is what? Is the simple fact that they play within the AFC South, and that is the gift that keeps on giving. If not, this team would be buried, and they still may end up getting buried in the next two weeks. That's the only saving grace. Oh, I'll give you Grover Stewart. Grover Stewart, and if Jonathan Taylor had any semblance whatsoever of anybody blocking for him in that overpaid offensive line cobbled together by the guru, Chris Ballard group, and Michael Pittman Jr., who I'm sure would have loved to have been a part of it yesterday, alas, was not, and then you take him out, we have seen what I've been talking about for stinking four years. Why do you always talk about this? You always go to wide receiver. That's tired. You wear me out with wide receiver. I talk about it because it has never been adequately, and I mean even close to adequately addressed. And you know what? I'm right. I would love not to be right. Hell, the only thing I'm not right about is this crappy defense. I would love not to be right about the things that I'm right about. Because that means that this Colts team would be better. Or better yet, that means this Colts team would be worth watching. How many of you bailed yesterday? 24 to nothing in Jacksonville? I mean, I know they've turned over a new leaf, but damn, 24 nothing? Did you guys watch Doug Peterson about five yards ahead of everybody, whether it's Frank Reich or Gus Bradley? Literally. You know, they, they make that uh, cliche, well, you know what? Uh, he's playing chess and they're playing checkers. <laughs> my man my man was on the Oculus and the Colts guys were playing with an Atari 2600 yesterday, seriously. They were playing football on that. That's how bad it was. That's how bad they were out coached yesterday. 5 yards ahead of everything. And then you get back you get back with Chris Ballard and this coaching staff and this is what the scary part is, and I mentioned this last night on Fox 59 Overtime with Hagen. I don't whatsoever expect these guys to ever listen to me or us don't. I don't know anything. That's great. I'm sure I'm just blindly throwing a dart at a dartboard, and sometimes that thing sticks in. That said, when me and you, when all of us collectively have been right on target about the pass catchers. Right on target in predicting there was going to be a place-kicking malfunction and a situation that was going to have to be dealt with in the season. Oddly enough, it was dealt with in week number one. The left tackle situation. Do we all really digest the fact that they're rotating left tackles? In what stinking football world (laughs) does that sound good? Kind of jackassery we talking about here? Now, if I was going to be wrong, if you were going to be wrong about something, I wish it was something like that. I wish it was the left tackle. I wish it was the pass catchers. I wish it was. Wish it was the place kicking. Nah, but instead, I. Got to be wrong about this defense. Oh, in the offseason, I was so excited. Here comes Janique Ngakwe. This is going to be great. The first significant, consistent edge-rushing threat since Robert Mathis. That guy couldn't hold Robert Mathis's helmet right now, honestly. Not even close. Not in these first two games. You talk about being in the hip pocket of the left tackle. Nonexistent, existent Invisible. He's a ghost. TY's not the ghost anymore. And Gakway's the ghost. This defensive front, third highest paid in the NFL, other than a shout out and take a bow, Grover Stewart, because you're the only one doing anything whatsoever, that's been awful. And what's frightening, more so than anything else about that, is these are the key, these are the core values of a general manager that to this point really hasn't gotten it, really doesn't get it. What are you talking about, JMV? He clearly gets it. You know who gets it? And I never thought I would say this because they've been a train wreck for so many years and their logo sucks. Go back to the old one. But for goodness sake, the Dolphins through two weeks look like they get it. A couple game-breaking wide receivers, both of which Waddle drafted, Tyreek Hill traded for, both of which had more yards receiving than everybody on the Colts yesterday. How embarrassing is that? How embarrassing is that? See, that's the scary part of it. We've all been right. The general manager has been wrong. And we don't want to be right about that stuff. I want to be right about the defense. I want to be right about that trade back in March. I want to be right about the edge rushing presence. I want to be right about, you know, playing off of transitioning this defense into a top five because of that group up front. I want to be right about that. I don't want to spend every money complaining. It's and listen, this is probably taking hours, at the very least, off my life right here. No, not watching the game. I don't care about that. But sitting here and pissing and moaning for three hours is just not healthy. I don't know how people do it, yet you have to, because there was no redeeming quality whatsoever about that game yesterday. Nothing. Nothing. You could flush that thing right down the toilet where it deserves to go, and nobody would miss it for a nanosecond. Right down the toilet. No, I want to be wrong about stuff. I just don't want to be wrong about the stuff <laughs> that actually matters. Yeah, let me be wrong a bit. Chris, please, for God's sake, be right about a pass catcher once. Be right about the direction of this offense once. Be right about a quarterback you're going to bring in a Band-Aid. Listen, we hold this team accountable, and we set the bar so high, we wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't be complaining on Crawfordsville Road at the Buffalo Wild Wings with our friends from Bud Light and Speedway if we were talking about a rookie quarterback right now. Be going, well, that's just growing pain. Growing pains for this group, My ass. You're supposed to be able to compete. And again, the only good fortune that has struck this team so far through their own motivation, through the coaching, through the decision-making, through all this other crap has been the simple fact. The only redeeming quality is the division in which they play. Everything else is an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. I, listen, oh, just two weeks. You got plenty of time. Yeah, you and your plenty of time. I don't care what anybody says. This is not what it's, this is not how it's supposed to look. Got any pride whatsoever? Thank you, Alex. Alex just dropped something off in the middle of my opening segment rant right here. It's a good time. because so let me make a transition really quick. Buffalo Wild Wings are in Speedway today. Uh, we'll be here on Crawfordsville Road. I do have Colts home opening tickets for you, courtesy of Bud Light. I'm going to get back to the players for a moment, too. I got a lot of people yesterday, I sent out a tweet, because people had asked me last week, you were a part of this, too, right? You guys asked me last week, what's it going to take for Jim Irsay to make a change? Something like that. Now, it's not going to happen today. It won't happen this week. If they get housed by Kansas City, probably won't happen next week. Let me tell you this, though. Jim Merce, as I told you last week, I could see new ground being broken if this team goes 0-3-1. How are we supposed to gauge it? You got Kansas City coming in here. Kansas City 2-0. Not greatly missing Tyree Kill so far. You got them coming in here in the home opener, Andy Reed the coach, off of what is it, ten days of rest and preparation? You guys like that? Hell, I want you to go. I want you to party. At this point, that's really all you have to lean on. The division and the fact you get to go and drink and party. That's about it. That's a game day experience I talk about all the time. That said, three and one. Oh, three and one that's when I see that happening. You guys are asking me, all right, so are they going to do anything now? Um, I could definitely see another scapegoat situation happening. Anybody else? Anybody else seeing maybe Chris or the offensive line coach? Can you believe that effort yesterday? I know you guys are going to take effort the wrong way. I'm sure those go- the guys are going out and playing hard, right? But effort as far as results from the way that they're playing, define it that way. Five sacks against Jacksonville, absolutely zero place to run for Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the NFL, zero, zilch nothing. Penalties, that's the other thing that strikes me too. Talk about how bad this team is playing, but factor in the penalties as well. That's just a sign of a badly coached team. And here's the worry. Last week, we heard Shaquille Leonard talk about how Jacksonville, basically, I'm paraphrasing here, was another game. We make me, everybody else, way, way too much out of it. And, you know, hopefully that wasn't the feeling all the way around. But that's what you get. I mean, you're, you're hearing it from the guy, so you take that for what it's worth. That, to me, that, to me, is the attitude that they get, the inspiration they get, The Kevin Bacon and Animal House remain calm, all is well, that is Frank Reich. That's what they get there. And if you wanted your coach to stay around and you play like that, shame on you. Because most coaches in the NFL aren't going to hang around when they have a high level of expectations and all this money put forth, you know, and an owner that says, hey, this is an AFC South championship-worthy team, and has talked about a pair of Lombardis and expects much more. If you want your coach, if you like your coach and you play like that, shame on you. But there was nothing, absolutely nothing from that game yesterday of redeeming quality whatsoever. I don't expect it because Kansas City is just by a wide berth so much better than the Colts are right now, but we are going to gauge every single dude that we watch on Sunday, because how they play is going to have a direct effect whether or not they feel through their play that they want to have their head coach remain their head coach for the remainder of the season. I know it sounds outrageous, outlandish. I know it's still September. '03 and one is going to be worthy of watching. And it's not like it's out of the realm of possibility, is it not? But that's the effort that you get if you're the head coach. That's the execution and the teamwork that you get with this group that you love so much that you put together if you're the general manager. And that's the outcome. That's the level of play you give. If you really like playing here and really like your head coach and really want to be coached up by Frank Reich, that's the level of play we see. 24 nothing that's what we see. I'm sorry, I don't care. You could be the biggest Colts fan in the world. and nobody buying that. Nobody. Yet that's where we are. All right, 239-1070 is the number. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, I've yet to open it up right here, and I will coming up in just a minute. (laughs) If you guys want to come by, I've got the ice-cold Bud Light rolling right here. We're at Crawfordsville Road at the location. Oh, man, is somebody – what is this? Is this like – oh, is it? Oh, okay, thank you. I thought you were bringing me more alcohol because it sounded like I needed it here in the first 15 minutes. Listen, this doesn't have – this doesn't have a grand effect on me. Like, you know what I mean? You guys are the one that are utilizing your disposable income uh, to follow, be a part of this particular team. But I, I want to live like this every Monday. This stinks. I can't imagine doing this back in the 80s. Well, that's because nobody really but Mark Patrick did it until, what, the late 80s? you imagine talking like this? I guess back then it was expected, but this is not expected. If this were a rookie quarterback and you were forging a new era, that's one thing, but this is not. This comes with a level of expectations. You pay a left guard $20 million per. You have one of the highest-paid players, positionally speaking, at center and right tackle, and you look like that pile, or if you're Chris Ballard and suggesting that you like what you have with Pryor, he's going to be okay, Ryman's a rookie. You're going to go ahead and rotate him in there as well. You have the highest paid offensive line in the NFL, and you give up five sacks? And listen, I have a left out Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, (laughs) I'd love to go all in on Matt Ryan too, but I, I don't know. Maybe he would look different if the dude wasn't running for his life. But I will tell you this. You saw it for yourself. That pressure, that pressure will result into some of the worst decision-making. You thought Carson Wentz made bad decisions last year. I'm going to throw off my left hand from my own end zone. You thought those are some bad decisions. Hey, check out yesterday with Matt Ryan and those decisions. Goodness. You can't live with that. You shouldn't live with this. You deserve better. Everybody deserves better than that pile of crap that you got yesterday. I don't want to be back here again next Monday, down in Bloomington as it stands next Monday, talking about this again. I'm not expecting them to go out and beat Kansas City. But that yesterday was an absolute joke. And you guys don't deserve that. You don't deserve it. Who cares about me? I deserve it. If I have to come on here and talk for three hours, so what? I mean, I'm not working a jackhammer. This is not tough. But it does probably take hours off my life because I don't want to sit here and piss and moan and complain for three hours like some madman on right-wing radio. I don't want to do that. I'd like to be able to mix in a little bit something, right? Something you can take away from it and feel good about it? Alas, you cannot with that effort from yesterday. These guys are going to end up getting their coach fired. And it's not just on him. It's also on Chris Ballard. You can look at everybody on this one. Absolutely everybody. And all you have to do is look back yesterday and you watch Doug Peterson run rings around this group. It was incredible. I think it was Daryl Bevel a year ago, right, in January, the interim coach? I mean, hell, he kind of did it too. This is not what you should get. This is certainly not what you deserve, yet here we are. Let's talk about that. I got a lot more to get into coming up a little bit later on in the show. Again, Buffalo Wild Wings, we are in Speedway today off of Crawfordsville Road. I do have Chiefs Colts tickets to give away. Um, We have that for that home opener coming up on Sunday. But I want to dive into a lot of the stuff, too. You guys are all asking about decisions that are going to be made. Uh, this can't be good for Chris Rosser in no way, shape, or form. There's no way that somebody's not going to fall on the sword for this offensive line. The core values of Chris Ballard, complete failures yesterday, and seven of eight quarters of just unwatchable football. I mean, I'll even give you half of the first quarter in Houston. Six and a half quarters of unwatchable football when you knew what all was on the line when you started the season inexcusable all right quick break and we shall return inside the lounge via youtube live hey kyle had a number that we put out there yesterday i guess it is a noted it's kind of a rant line that's lame because everybody uses it that way kyle what did you call it yesterday not a rant line but what was it again i just
3: called it oh what did i say the hot take line or something when you want to get some hot takes off
0: we thought we were going to have to play it because there was not one single highlight that the Colts had yesterday. So we're kind of glad we put this together because normally we, we come back with Colts highlights on a Monday like this. But since they have absolute zero highlights, we'll play some of your calls from yesterday. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I'd love to see out here. Ice cold, Bud light. Bud Light Blue Monday. We've got Chiefs and Colts tickets to give away with our friends from Bud Light here at Buffalo Wild Wings. Great food, fantastic location off of Crawfordsville Road. We are in Speedway. Your calls and a lot more. The app, the stream, you got us in HD radio as well inside the lounge via YouTube Live, on Facebook Live 2 and 93.5 and 107.5, the fad. Back with you next
1: the ride with jmv just an average guy with exceptional hair 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
3: chet Marchabroda has been dead for over six years and i think he can call a better game than frank reich
0: so is that that's from the the rant line or whatever that is right there that was one of them yeah Uh, we don't need to be bringing up the dead here i don't think (laughs) good (laughs) luck. Oh, my goodness. I, this is just a lot of people are saying, oh, man, it's week two going into week three. They haven't played a home game yet. You're going overboard. No, I am not. And I would give anybody else that has this particular seat, this voice around here, I would agree with them, too. I don't know what anybody else said other than me because I try to keep this as fresh as possible with just my takes. If you listen to other people right, you get things that infiltrate your head and you start talking about it and then making it sound like it's yours. I want to make sure everything is absolutely mine here. So I try to keep this thing with me, and I'm talking about me and my opinions uh, as fresh as possible without listening to everybody else. And and everybody else, uh, obviously I back up everybody else with what they say on a day like today. That wasn't just a loss. That wasn't going to Jacksonville and, hey, it's a loss. I mean, th- this whole situation, I mentioned this earlier, it reeks more of an epidemic and not just a blip on the radar. That's the coach and the general manager. The general manager is going to skate on this, right? Right now, for the most part. I mean, In terms of this, he's highly criticized. Make no mistake about it. But he is, he's going to skate as far as having to own this with a potential of losing his job after the season. He's not going anywhere. This is on the head coaching shoulders. And you saw yesterday, Doug Peterson just ran circles around his former offensive coordinator and throw Gus Bradley in the mix right there, too. That guy couldn't do anything with that group either. And Then you get Frank after the game talking about, well, we're going to get up off the mat and blah, blah, blah. We're going to do this. Do it before. All right. (laughs) Do it before. It's why that was a big game. We're not just blowing this thing out of proportion. That was a big game. The schedule gets tougher, and right now, you don't look like you could compete with what is an awful division the way that it is with Jacksonville in mind. You say what you want about Houston. Six and a half of the worst quarters of football is what we've seen so far. And again, I'll give you, for the benefit of the doubt, I'll give you the first first couple of drives a week ago in Houston. Hey, what happened to, did anybody track down what exactly happened to Naheem Hines? I know what everybody's going to say. Well, you love Naheem Hines. You love 21. He's your buddy or whatever like that. I mean, we don't talk other than when he's on the show. But I will tell you this, at least in the early goings, up until Matt Ryan, Carson Winston, and threw that thing up for grabs ridiculously. <laughs> I mean, tell you. That was, if anybody ever wanted to cuss out Carson Wentz, you better be cussing out Matt Ryan yesterday. He threw it. There were like four Jaguar defenders right there around it. He just threw it hoping that one of those guys couldn't catch it. But it looked like up until that major faux pas, that things utilizing Naheem Hines, it seemed like it was going well offensively. What happened to that? Did they go away from that? I will say this, this Colts team, when things happen like that, especially, it seems like they lose their mind a little bit, don't they? I know people like to say that it's Frank Reich second guessing or himself out thinking himself or whatever. Yesterday, what it showed me is they have no chance of out thinking Doug Peterson. That wasn't even close. That wasn't a fair fight. Not even close. That's like you and Punch Out fighting Glass Joe. Frank was Glass Joe. Gus Bradley was Glass Joe yesterday. Oh, yeah, this other group who, by the way, offensive line, here's a quick shout to the offensive line if you like your offensive line coach and you don't want to see him made example of relatively soon, I'd get my ass in gear. I'd start playing. If you like him. Now, if you don't like him, then so be it. But if you like your position coach, if you like Chris Strasser, I'd be getting my ass in gear. I'd play a little bit. I'd play angry. I'd get motivated. I'd understand the meaning of a big game. This is not baseball. You don't have all this time during the summertime to make this thing up. You got 17 of these. And through the first two, you have looked dreadful through six and a half quarters. But if you like your position, Coach, if you like having Chris Strasser around, I'd do something about that. Because at at this pace, he's not going to be around very long. I mean, that's the thing you're probably looking at more than anything else right now. I mean, the highest paid offensive line in the NFL for that, for that. It's weird too, right? Free agency. I can't believe they overpaid for Christian Kirk. He's not even a number one. (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. That is so funny. He's got three touchdowns in the first two weeks. I'll take it. Anybody else? I'll take it. You don't even have to say, would you, and I'll say I'll take it before you say, take Christian Kirk right now, question mark. I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) That's what doesn't work, though. That's what does not work, right? This is how we're building. This is how we're building. But no, seriously, back to the offensive line. Fellas, you're going to get your coach canned. You're going to get your coach canned. So bear that in mind. The next time you roll out there and look like that pile of garbage. I don't care if you're, the whole rotating left tackle, that's on the general manager. You got a $20 million per left guard, one of the highest paid centers, one of the highest paid right tackles. That's what you get yesterday. You're going to get your guy fired. If you like your guy, if you don't like your guy, but you're going to get your guy canned. All right, 239-1070. Enough of me. Now to you. Let's start with Rob today, Kyle. Hello, Rob. How are you? JMV, how you doing, sir? I'm fantastic, brother. Go ahead.
4: Oh, I'm going to talk about the positives of yesterday's game. No kickers getting fired this week because the kicking game was incredible yesterday.
0: Yeah, that well, they're going. They're never, going to get their offensive line coach fired. <laughs> that's oh, that that's going to be the scapegoat missed. of the week, right there.
4: Yeah, that that kicker never missed. He had one kickoff, and that was it. Yeah. So it was oh wow. As a fan of the Washington Commanders, and we lost yesterday, obviously, but it, that was wow. <laughs> watching that does deserve the, a wow, Nicole's Rob. Play, there's no doubt. Yeah, you know, watching the play, I'm like wow that was incredible the punter did well too so I want to give kudos out to the special teams of the Colts because they
0: did okay yeah the school spe- so- what, what, uh, what? Uh, the special teams no hey Ray hey, yeah. no 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 hey, hey Rob. We're good buddies, right, at pals here. That doesn't, they had nothing, nothing. You give you, you're allowed to give Grover Stewart some props. I'll let you give him to okay. Jonathan Taylor too because he had nowhere no, to right. run, Absolutely. and I know he yep. is still good. And then Michael Pittman Jr. didn't play, but everybody else can stick it. Seriously, <laughs> I mean nobody
4: I, else did anything. I, I, I'm staying with the special teams. They <laughs> they didn't cost they didn't cost us any points, right? Yeah. So okay. So yeah. That, that's my one positivity of the day. So, I was trying to give a little good love and rainbows to the Colts world because the kicker didn't kill you this week because they can't fire him this week. So, we're good. Yeah.
0: Hey, Rob, I appreciate your call, man. I'll talk to you again on Saturday night, I'm sure. Uh, SWW says, why is Ballard bulletproof on this? Um, Well, he's not bulletproof right now. I'm just telling you what they're going to do. I'm telling you what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. Now, I will tell you this, if things go haywire and embarrassingly bad, then, again, I, I'll reserve the right to change my mind. I'm just telling you right now, front and center is going to be the coach. And while I still view it unlikely a change will be made during the season for the first time that this operation has been handled completely by Jim Merce. Much like I'll reserve the right to change my mind about the end of the season and how this thing may look, I'll reserve the right to change my mind about anything in season. You go o three and one you go 0 for September and that first week of October, O three and one then you may be looking at Bubba Ventrone as the next head coach. And I... And deservedly so. I mean, anybody deservedly so. Again, that's where you put the onus. That's where you put the responsibility on these players. These are the guys that are playing like, I mean, Frank is just Frank. Frank Reich is Frank Reich. Frank Reich is a very genuinely nice man. Frank Reich is not it as the coach. These guys are good. These guys played collectively like crap yesterday. I shouldn't say they're all good but collectively played like crap with guys that certainly should be better. And I know I'm doing a lot of finger pointing at the offensive line, but that is the highest bar of the bars, my friends. That's the offensive line. That's where it absolutely never should go wrong. And at that level, I mean, come on, who's going to accept that? Again, you guys are going to get your position coach fired. You're going to get your position coach made example of here. So if you like him, get your ass in gear. And I think those are the easiest terms in which I can present it, and I can accurately present it to you. I'm not just making crap up. Todd's up next at 239-1070. Todd, jump on here. How are you? Hey,
3: John. Good afternoon. Yeah, buddy. What's up? You know, um, well, you're... Uh preamble slash monologue probably was, was very comprehensive by the way. Um, and there's probably 10 things you couldn't even get to.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I could, there was a lot of individual stuff I could, but I mean, that's why I said, all right, players. And then I kind of laid it out like that because really other than maybe one or two yesterday, it was everybody. So it was easier to do it that way.
3: You'll understand this clearly. Um, as a fan season ticket holder. So after last January, and I'll keep the language clean, we'll we'll call it an outhouse review. You could probably phrase it differently. Um, You get nine months and you build it up and you have expectations and you see they're doing this and you see they're doing that and you try to have faith. And then it's like nine months wasted. Okay. Because after these first two games, they're like, all the anticipation, it all, it all. I mean, in in one word, I would describe the first two games of the year amateurish. Um, just, 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 I mean, just, 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 just the, the general. We we talked we talked about you know following the sword offensive line coach. By the way, um, we had a guy here named Googs. That um we we called him Goobs because yeah. I don't we, we we couldn't pronounce his name
0: <laughs> but, right. But, yeah, anyway, he was uh, yeah yeah Frank Frank went out there and got one of his own his own yeah. guys right there and, too. And hey hey he taught-
3: Todd,
0: yeah you yeah. might not wanted to sit to sit next to Goobs in the
3: pew Sunday morning before the game. But I thought they I thought he coached and I thought they played well and I don't know I mean is it, is it, is it some sort of uh, something more divisive like
0: well let me let me tell you this Todd I I don't think that that googs or the 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 ghost of googs here and thank you for the call Todd do it again soon man great to see you the other day as well I don't think that had a damn thing to do with the product we saw yesterday that's just on these guys I I don't care I mean like I've mentioned Chris Strasser being made example of but you think he had a lot to do did you see how dreadful that was that's on those guys That's on that group. That's on that group, and that's on the whole left tackle rotation that the general manager flopped out there that we all knew was going to be a failure. We all knew had absolutely zero chance. That's the scary aspect of it, us being right. We shouldn't be right, and we sure as hell should not be right with all of this. All right? I hope that I'm wrong. I want to be wrong about the pass catchers, about left tackle. I want to be wrong about that. But the problem is me, you, us, we've all been right. The only thing I've been wrong about so far is the defense. You want me to be right about that? God, And Ngakwe, who's done zero. Here's the other aspect of it. I'll take a break and come back with your calls. we get a long day ahead of us talking about this without question. But... This is kind of how I view it here, okay? Um, I view it, if this team didn't play within the AFC South, Frank would be in big trouble this week. I think Frank probably would have, and I'm just giving the hypothetical right here. If they were not in the AFC South and everything is still attainable, still reachable because it sucks so bad, then Frank this week would be playing for his gig. Coaching for his gig, I think. That's my opinion. But, see, you can look at this. The silver lining, if you want to find one, is the fact they're still in, I mean, easily in this division because it stinks so bad. So that's a silver lining for you. It's, um, I guess, a feel-good for the coach who would probably be feeling a hell of a lot more heat, getting a hell of a lot more heat If they did not reside in the AFC South quick break. And we'll come back phone calls and more Buffalo wild wings in speedway on a Bud light blue Monday chiefs Colts tickets to give away and a lot more on 93.5 and one Oh seven five. The fan.
1: The ride with JMV. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. 93.5 and one Oh seven five. The fan. Okay. You want a hot take this team ain't worth a
5: shit. it ain't worth the shit that I left in my toilet this morning and then I read after the game that Frank Wright says the difference between where we are and where we want to be is not that far mother you couldn't see that distance with that new web space telescope and we spend all that money on a damn defensive line that couldn't rush on a flag football team for god's sake everything offense defense special teams heads have got a roll i'm tired of this <laughs> all right man
0: peace <laughs> the rent line right there that's bt on the rent line You'd have trouble airing that phone call, Kyle, I think, during the uh, regular time. Buffalo Wild Wings Hour 2. We're brought to you by Bud Light. I've got Chiefs Colts tickets to give away. Got a nice group already here. I want to give um, a shout-out to Papa Colonel over in Brownsburg. Papa Colonel was here and uh, dropped off. I, actually, I was tweeted by them, I think, maybe a month or so ago. And uh, you guys went out there. So please go out there and check out Papa Colonel. Um, they got awesome candy, caramel, corn, and more for you. That's Papa Colonel in Brownsburg. Tell them that I sent you. Let me tell you one thing that's completely unnecessary on a day like today, okay? Um, and I, I don't know if this is just the way I'm kind of built. I guess that it is, right? And I, I do. I'm, I'm completely appreciative of it. But I absolutely, on a day like today where... There's no redeeming quality about what we saw on the football field yesterday. And you, you are forced um, to obviously daily tell it like it is. And this is the only way that this can be explained. I, you do not have to prop me up for saying, hey, I love it, you know, going all in. Um, you're saying what needs to be said. And here's why. Because regardless of the tenor, You know, regardless of the attitude, this is what I do every day. And this is my job to do this every day. And I work to do this every day. I appreciate the props, but I don't want to take props on a day like today because, frankly, a day like today is really easy. Um, You could just sit here and take calls and yip-yap around all you wanted to, but I choose not to do that. I have formed a lot of differing opinions while watching and also being educated regarding what I'm talking about, you know, knowing what I'm talking about from some of these standpoints. So I do, while I appreciate it a great deal, it is completely unnecessary. It is. Because, you know, unfortunately, you know, this is the part of the gig that's not fun. Last week wasn't fun either. You know, I don't like bagging on dudes because, listen, I sit home and sometimes you guys bag on me and I'm firing back, too. I wouldn't. These guys should be firing back at me. Who is he to be critical? Well, he is a guy that's on from three until six and it's his job to be critical. That's who he is. But I completely understand where they would feel right now. But the only path to take right here is the path in which we're on right now. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. I'm sure one of these days there's going to be a better day, but that day is not today. You know, maybe you flip the script on this bad boy and next Monday it's different, and you know what? You can all then call in and say, hey, you jumped the gun. I told you so. Uh, All you want to do is stir it up. I just want to make sure you understand that. There is nothing more I'd rather do because I know that you guys enjoy it, and my numbers are a hell of a lot better when you enjoy it and your team is winning. I can see that. That's something I can actually see. It's a hell of a lot better that way, but that's just not the way that it is right now. But again, thank you for that, but it is completely unnecessary because this, this is the gig, and that's what we do here on a daily basis. Buffalo Wild Wings, we're in Speedway again, brought to you by Bud Light. Shout out to Margaret from Teachers Treasures. Margaret! Michelle, did you meet Michelle yet? Michelle is around here someplace. I swear I just saw her. Margaret, my love Margaret. I think Margaret picked the worst day ever. <laughs> Come on, yeah, I know it. I love Margaret, too. We've got the JMV Takeover t-shirts that's coming out. Margaret, I will tell you this. You know, Alex from the shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel, the shirt maker is right there. He is right there on the corner. He's like Norm from Cheers right there on the corner of the bar. There he is. There he is. Go talk to him and ask him about the Jambi Takeover shirt to benefit teachers' treasures. Meantime, Colts lose 24 to nothing yesterday. It was an absolute joke, and there's no other way to put it. The only redeeming quality of yesterday whatsoever is they play within the AFC South. And to talk about that and more, our friend from the morning show, Kevin and Query, 7 until 10 a.m. weekday mornings, Jake Query joins us right now. You know, it's weird, right? People often think that we kind of get off, right, that we get this certain arousal, sports arousal-wise, out of, you know, being able to go off on the teams because we're jealous, we're not playing, and we're not living that lifestyle, we don't get paid at that level. That's complete BS because as I've tried to explain to everybody that takes that particular opinion is that we do better numbers-wise. We look better to our bosses number-wise when we're able to blow sunshine up everybody's butt. And the past two weeks, we've been completely unable to do it. And the culmination, Jake, of that was yesterday where the only thing you can look at as a positive is the division in which they play. That's it.
6: I agree. Uh, Here's the thing. I I thought about this a lot yesterday. To to your point. I remember, John, and I I touched on this this morning, and thanks for having me on, by the way. Um, You know, when I was... Before I got into what we do for a living, I mean, I, I do what I do for a living, as I know you do as well, because I have a passion for the people in this city, the city itself, and obviously the sports teams here, because like you, I grew up in the area. And I recall, it was the Pacers, actually, but I recall when I was probably in early to mid-college during the, one of the Pacers playoff runs, they had a flat performance in one of the games, and it irked me to no end. And I wanted so badly as a fan to be able to voice my displeasure and my frustration just from a cathartic standpoint. And so as a result of that, I have always felt that now that I have that microphone and that platform, that that's not my microphone and my platform. It's the microphone and platform of everybody in this city and a city with, with which I hold very dear. And so therefore, I feel like it's my job to let fans who are angrily frustrated watching games and watching the disappointment of their team's flat performances to help vocalize for those people so that their opinions are, are shared and are out there and are, you know, let go. And so you try not to take it, you know, you don't do it personally and I don't enjoy it per se, but I think there's a responsibility with it. And that is when the team that people give their time their investment, their financial investment, their emotions, when people lend it to those things, to those teams, and want a return on investment and they don't get it, I think it's our job to voice their frustration and then try to decipher why their return on investment was not met. And it's not hard when looking at yesterday, that team sucked. It was embarrassing. That was supposed to be the benchmark game that we were going to compare back to last year's wedding themselves and every single aspect of that team and that franchise that we were told not to worry about or that was going to be improved, um, that was the litmus test and they failed every one of them. And I know that it is – and listen, John, I, I respect Chris Ballard. I respect Frank Reich. I respect Jim Merce. And those guys don't have easy jobs and they are people like we are. But at the same time, and I would tire if I were them, I would tire of people like us whose job it is to critique their job performance, just as by human nature, you and I can get tired of people on Twitter and other places critiquing how we do our radio shows and telling us they would do it better. And they know more about sports than we do. And I get it. That's that is fair game and fair territory. And it comes with the job. Um, so you don't take it personally when deciphering what went wrong, but rather pointing out things that went wrong. And one of them, for me, to be honest, is it just – I think that Jim Ursay and Frank Reich and Chris Ballard, all three, as I mentioned this morning, all three have put themselves in position in different ways and different avenues of having stuff kind of thrown back at them when things don't go well, and that's exactly what happened over the weekend.
0: It's so a JQuery, the morning show co host on Kevin and Query weekday mornings from 7 until 10 a.m. with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Crew Potline. My feeling is this if this team was not a part of the AFC South, and, and I come by this by a pretty educated uh, opinion, I guess I would say, on this, that uh, the head coach would be playing or coaching in this case for his gig with his home opener coming up this weekend. As it stands right now, you are in the AFC South. And it doesn't look like anybody at any time soon is going to get very far away from you. However, if this team starts 0-3-1, whereas I view right now the likelihood of Jim Irsay making a change at head coach for the first time during the season uh, is around 20%, uh, it escalates if they go 0-3-1 to all bets are off to me at that point. But uh, again... They're very fortunate to, to be within the division they are, or I, I think the, um, you know, the possible ramifications would be much larger with this two-game start.
6: Yeah, I would agree with that. I thought Kevin made a really good point this morning, John, when we were talking about it, and that, you know, Tennessee you would think is probably not going to beat Buffalo tonight, so therefore you would have the division itself yeah. would have one win, would have one win, and that came over the Colts. Now, the, the, the problem, if I'm the Colts, the thing that would frustrate me do I think Jacksonville is going to be a playoff contender? I, I don't, but Jacksonville appears to be a team that is on the ascent. They have a bright young quarterback who's just 20, what, 22, 23 years old, who maybe you know, if he can play the Colts every week, he becomes, you know, Peyton Manning. But maybe it's yesterday with the anomaly, but it appears as though maybe Trevor Lawrence is ready to turn a corner they have obviously an aggressive defensive line that can get after people and they have they went out and they got some some players to try to build around Trevor Lawrence and they have a really good coach who as i heard you mention earlier was 5 yards ahead the entire time so i don't think that the colts are ready to to look at jacksonville as you know the afc south clubhouse leader here but they are a divisional team that has given the colts fifth and appears to be heading in the right direction. And that gives you some concern because uh, look, the Colts are in a tough spot here, in my opinion, because what are you going to do quarterback wise? I mean, Matt Ryan needs time. We know that. I don't blame yesterday necessarily on Matt Ryan, but he had a couple of those picks that were very questionable. Number one. And you know, look, he's not, he's not 28 years old, right? So you look at the other quarterbacks in the AFC and you think to yourself, Look, the Colts put themselves in position where it was go time right now. The window was right now. And are they, by not going out and getting any receivers at all, by not going out, and you know, as you had mentioned earlier, I, by rotating through left tackles and again, I mean, are you kidding me? You know, what are they doing here? And when is their window? Those are questions that I think are legitimate questions to be asked. And I do think that the time is now probably, look, I know that Chris Ballard is well-respected around the league, and I know that there's been – and I think it's, it, it became kind of a cheap narrative of just the whole, well, what has he done? But the one thing he has done in the last year was ignore all of the noise and question marks and almost kind of arrogantly dismiss those that would question the areas that he decided not to address, but those are the areas that killed him yesterday. And I'm sorry, you got to an answer to that, period.
0: Jay Quarry's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I, um, I, I guess I, I come from this standpoint, right? Um, yeah, people say, well, it's early in the season. Uh, people say that they're within the AFC South and they still have a chance. Why are you guys going off? Here's why. That team, and I mean everybody on that team, I'll give Grover Stewart a pass. I'll even give Jonathan Taylor a pass because that guy has zero place to run I will say this about Matt Ryan. I don't think we really truly know everything yet because the 37-year-old man is running for his life most of the time, but we do know this, that he has looked so far equally a bad decision maker as Wentz did a year ago. I think we can at least under duress uh, come to that particular conclusion, but everything else in mind here, Jake, this team should not play anywhere near that lowly, ridiculous level in which they did yesterday, and that's how we hold them accountable, and that's why we look for a little bit more. That's why I wanted more from the players about being pissed going into last week about how Jacksonville did them, how they were clowned, how they were joked, how they were made fun of, how they were bounced from the postseason, how it ended hard knocks, and, you know, Jim Irsay You know, I ended up leaving a lot of that music stuff on the cutting room floor of HBO because you didn't get another episode. I mean, all that in mind, you know, an off-season of being able to be motivated by being pissed about the way that they went out last year. And the frightening portion of it is, this is what you get. This is what you get going into a week where you had Shaquille Leonard, who didn't play, where he said, you know, everybody else makes this, you know, Jacksonville and a big game. But, you know, paraphrasing again, it was, you know, kind of, the, you know, just another game. Bull crap. It wasn't just another game. And I don't know what it's going to take for some of these guys to realize it, but this is the realization. This team should never, ever play, should never, ever present a product that looked as bad and as half-assed as that effort did
6: yesterday. Totally agree. Let, let me offer two things here. I've mentioned this to you before. When I was in the eighth grade, I lived next door to a guy named Don Bell that was a diehard Purdue fan. I was a diehard IU fan. And I asked him, I said, man, have you been reading about all the work Steve Alford's doing getting ready for the NBA draft? He's shooting 150 free throws a day. And Don Bell said he's a 92% free throw shooter. He ought to be working on his ball handling and his defense if he wants to make it in the NBA. And I've never forgotten that because I'm not saying you don't work on your strengths but you've got to pay attention to your weaknesses. And in the Colts case, we were told in the offseason that after the Jacksonville loss that they had taken care of, you know, it's all chips in. We, we know where the weaknesses were, and that's not going to happen again because I promise you, Colts fans, come please come back on board. Don't, don't jump ship. Be back at Lucas Oil Stadium. Be loud. Be proud. Go horse. And then Chris Ballard, what did he do? He spent the offseason working on his free throws as Steve Alford. He didn't he didn't address the wide receiver position. He didn't address the tackle position. Hell he didn't even address the kicker position. He he strengthened, he talked about depth and he preached depth and he provided and went out and got depth in areas that probably were their lone bright spots. And completely neglected, recklessly, some would say, neglected the areas that everybody in this town knew to be addressed. And any time that he was questioned about it, he was the smarter guy in the room. Fine. He's the general manager. He's earned that right. But when A, you go out and crap the bed in the areas that everybody else had said you needed to repair, and then B, when you have – Jim Mercer is a wonderful human being. There's no denying that. He is a kind-hearted, philanthropic, fun-loving individual who is living his best life, and I give him all credit in the world to that. And you know, in, he's been good to a lot of people. And I don't blame him or begrudge him for using his wealth to accumulate fun things that are of note to him. But what he has to understand is when you have a – and granted, it was free. But when you have a concert and the stadium this city built for you with all of the things that you spent your millions of dollars on over the last year and a half to put them on display for everybody to see – there are two ways to look at that one is man this is so fun that this guy's sharing his wealth with things that everybody can enjoy and that's what most people would see that as until you go out with a ton of cap space you penny pinch and you roll out a team that then goes out in that benchmark against jacksonville and absolutely wets themselves again and then people are going to say where did my money go why am i spending all this money on season tickets pulse gear, everything else, when instead of seeing results on a football field, I'm seeing guitars on a football field. And that's the position he put himself in, and that's what a lot of people are going to say today. Now, that'll all change if they go out and play well against Kansas City. We both know that. And the NFL stands for not for long, and that includes the emotion of the fans, and it's only week two. And things can certainly turn around, and the NFL probably says that it will because that's just the way the league works. But for right now, people are PO'd, and I understand why they're PO'd, because they feel like their investment was not met with the same emotional investment from the team.
0: Well, and also, you know, they have been told by everybody, and I'm not going to even suggest, you know, media stuff. They've been told by Jim. You know, they've been told by everybody to expect a level of play. And then when you not only don't get that level of play, but you give that complete crap level of play that you got yesterday – That's a difference maker. That is a difference maker altogether. I will respond to what you said, and it's interesting because um, I'll I'll compare this to what we do. Like, you know, Chris Ballard surely doesn't want to hear me or you or anybody else, you know, talk about his team because this has been his craft over the years, um, and he knows better. I I do understand that because anytime some radio consultant tries to tell me what I should be doing and what I should be doing this market, I want to tell them to get bent too because they don't know jack squat or what they're talking about, and I do. So I understand and respect that particular position. But, again, if you fail in that particular level, in a situation, Jake, like that yesterday, that wasn't just a loss. That wasn't just a disappointment. I mean, the level in which they performed or even go back six and a half out of the eight quarters we have seen so far have been dismal, unwatchable. And that's not the product that anybody signed up. And that sure as hell not the product that they've talked about people around here will end up seeing. And that's going to end up getting their coach fired. The offensive line is to me, Jake, the most egregious of them all. The highest paid in the NFL to look like they did yesterday is ridiculous, and they're going to get their positional coach fired is what they're going to do. Because there's going to be, if it's not going to be the coach, I flat guarantee you if they play to this particular level again, it's going to be somebody. And you tell me, other than Chris Strasser, unfortunately, in this case, who they might make an example of. Because that offensive line should not at all, with the way that it's paid, play at the level in which you give up five sacks and get absolutely housed by Jacksonville's
6: defense yesterday. And here's the thing, John. For example, the offensive line coach, okay? If they decide they're going to scapegoat the offensive line coach, then the next thing becomes, well, who brought them in? And then the scapegoat works its way up, right? The water keeps rising. I mean, do I think that this thing is going to go south to the point where they clean house midwits? To- and listen, I'm probably going to be wrong here. This time a year ago, I told you on the air that I, I thought Carson Wentz could be the guy, and I was one of the longest holdouts on, holdouts on that. And, I mean, listen, I could not have been more wrong. No doubt about it, I was wrong. And maybe I'll be wrong in this one. I do think they'll right the ship here and find some steady water, but I could be wrong. And if they don't, man, it's Katie bar the door. And, and, and part of that is there are some guys that are going to have to answer to some things that put themselves in that position. They flat out put themselves in that position. And, I, listen, Jim Ursay, other than sending out the tweet of him handing out footballs to fans, you know, there was no post game next to the jet commentary. I can't imagine. I mean, Jeff Saturday told Kevin and I this morning he said, Look, man, I would not want to be Chris or Frank and have to be called into that office. I can't imagine what the emotions are and the sentiments are. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, you know, that
0: doesn't really matter because they, they, you know, they, they had it worse back in January. And hell, they got off the plane and had to go to his office. So, yeah, yesterday yeah, would have been be- no comparison to that. I would be more pissed because I had to do that again if I'm Jim. But here's the thing about Jim, Jake. He wanted, he wanted this, this comfort. He wanted this stability. And the, the stability has, to me, you know, really morphed into a comfort level where, you know, these guys, it's, it's like you know, Frank's attitude. I know you can't change, but the only thing he has proven so far at directing this team is that he's not it. You agree? I mean, where has he proven that he is it? I would love for him to prove that he is it. I would love for us to be wrong, Jake, about stuff. I mean, hell, the only thing I'm wrong about is about a defense I expected to be good and is equally bad so far through two games. That's the only thing. I would love to be wrong about the pass catchers and the offensive line and the left tackle and the kicker. Unfortunately, me, us, we've all been right.
6: And here's the thing. Listen. I don't dispute that Chris Ballard is, is probably really good at discovering talent and draft. you know I, I, don't, I don't I don't dispute that but knowing talent and meshing talent are two totally different things and I don't know you know is is Chris Ballard just not finding the, the jigsaw pieces that fit with one another or is he handing over all the jigsaw pieces and Frank Wright doesn't know how to put it together yeah I, I don't know which that answer is I really don't but it does seem like the roster is okay. I mean, I think they have good players, but man, I heard you int- mention earlier you were you were absolutely spot on when you, you know in Gothway. you know it's like okay, I mean I mean Yannick and Gothway, like the ghost. there you go, like have we've seen him paris Campbell Paris Campbell, I didn't even remember was on the field yesterday until he got an offensive pass interference on a play where he wasn't even the target. That's impressive, really. Matt Pryor basically got a sack and he got the sack because he had to basically go two for one because Quentin Nelson completely read the wrong block. I mean, it was a clown show all the way across the board yesterday. And it was embarrassing. It was disgraceful. And if I was a fan, look fans that like that are thinking about selling their tickets or doing whatever, or or not going to the next game until they see better results. I get it. Look, man, we're in a time where people are spending good money to go see a football team play and all you want is the semblance that the team cares as much as you do as a fan, what you want. I think fans can live with losing games. If they feel like the players care as much as the fans do. And this roster so far this year, does not look like, don't give me this lip service after like, well, we just got to play better. What do you mean you got to play? You only get to do this 17 times a year. How hard is it? Give some effort. Look like you're giving effort. Don't cancel practices on Friday. Don't dismiss it with an arrogant laugh and a maniacal giggle when media people ask you a legitimate question about an area of the football team that you refuse to address. And if you do refuse to address it, you better hope when your starting wide receiver and, and your rookie wide right receiver are out that the depth that you, as the only person on that island that you've been preaching about how good the wide receiver room is going to be, you better hope they do something better than an accumulative eight catches for 126 yards. So uh, a,
0: a friend of the show, Calvin from Kokomo, actually tweeted me, and I'm glad he did because I, I wanted to make sure that, that this particular opinion was voiced. You know, he went back to uh, Dave G-Gigliermo, the, the def- I should say the offensive line coach of, what, three years ago. And, you know, everybody suggests that you know, he was too harsh, too hardcore. Frank wanted to get his own guy. His own guy was brought in, and that's now Chris Strasser. Um, and while what he's saying may be true, that wasn't my point. My point is, I don't care if Calvin and Kokomo, if Jake in Broad Ripple, if anybody in this Buffalo Wild Wing Speedway location is coaching up that group, you never, ever should look like that. And Jake, I swear to you, I wanted Shaquille Leonard to kind of go off a little bit and not just say, hey, it's just another game last week. And it may not do an ounce of good, whatever, But I so want to hear one of these players go freaking off in the media and say, all right, enough is enough. Because this does look more like just a blip on the radar. This looks like more of an epidemic than it does a blip on the radar. From, you know, the game going back to last year. If you even want to go back to the Raiders game, that's fine. But certainly in Jacksonville in the first two, it may not matter. Maybe it's just for my entertainment, my enjoyment. But this whole lightweight, we got another week, we're going to get up off the mat, that is so Frank Reich. And I don't think this team right now needs that voice because clearly the way they play, it doesn't sound like they're responding much to that voice. Hey, you know what?
6: They should take – here's the thing. John, I know you're willing to fall on this sword, and I am too. Take the – listen, maybe it'll take us, Right. If they want to use, like, proving the media wrong and, and what, what guys are saying on Twitter and on the radio to, to motivate them, have at. Tell them, I'll, I'll be happy to be the guy that's wrong. For the sake of this, time, I know what my parents, how much they love watching the Colts and what it means to them. I know what it means to people around here to see the Colts play well. So if it takes us bad-mouthing them and, and, and saying that they absolutely laid a goose egg and were an embarrassment. They were the most embarrassing performers in the NFL yesterday, period. And this is a league where the Washington Commanders, the, Cal- the, the Carolina Panthers, and the Detroit Lions play. And they were the most embarrassing franchise in the NFL yesterday. That's your so right there, right?
0: Yeah, I, I just I, I want to hear something different. I think we need to hear something different. Yeah, I, I really do. And I mean, if, I if you're not, you know, not, not going to change really up the close. leadership and the guidance, I, I just don't you – know, Frank, you know, Frank, to me, while an incredibly nice human, uh, is not going to, to cultivate – Uh, that particular awareness to me publicly. Maybe they are yelling at one another behind the scenes. I don't care. I want to see it. I I want to see or hear in this case that they are as invested as all these fans out here right now because they haven't proven it on the football field.
6: Look, I think it's great that they've got guys that are good in the community. I think it's great that they've got nice guys. That's all wonderful. You know what? Their job is to win football games. And when it comes down to it, people want people that win football games, right? Like, I can give you a long list of guys that had questionable stuff happen to them off the field. People didn't care here because they won football games. And, yeah. that's, you know, that's the bottom line. And, and then yesterday, to have the audacity after the game to say that where we need to be is not very far off, you were 25 points off to the Jacksonville freaking Jaguars. Are you kidding me? That's close. Are you, are you kidding me? If you're 25 shy of Jacksonville, we're going to find out what you might be against Kansas City or what you what you would be against the Chargers or what you would be against the Bills. 24 points and shut out with 126 yards out of your receiving core, and that's close? You're that close? Are you kidding me? I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I just – I agree with you. I want to see – I'd love to see a – hell, that's why we played the Jim Moore rant this morning because I thought, well – if anything else, the most appropriate rant that we can possibly come up with with anybody related to the Colts is one from Jim Mora talking about the Saints from 35 years ago. That's the best well, we can do because we're not going to get it out of West 56. Well, you know, we're close, and the guys are really working hard and they're flying around making plays. We got good character. Uh, okay, fine. Good character is great. Uh, that, that's great. I mean, I got good character too, you know what I mean? But, like, I'm not, I'm not out there trying to win NFL games. People expect more. People need more. People deserve more because people in this town pay good money. They invest themselves emotionally and financially in that football team. It's the most publicly subsidized building in the United States of America they play in. At the very least, they should expect to see guys that are going out there that are putting emotional investment and putting their own feelings into the game and their own to the same point that the fans are. That's all people want.
0: Yeah, Jake, if they would have lost the game yesterday and been even a smidge competitive, uh, I would be reacting with a a different attitude, a different tenor today. But all we're doing is what we've been told by them to do, and that is while you're invested in it, hold them to a higher standard. Hold them to a higher bar. That's exactly, Jake, in closing here, what we're doing. My brother, I appreciate that. I know you guys did a fantastic job this morning keep up the great work, and um, I'm sure we'll probably talk on the way home uh, right, in between about 9,000 right. phone calls I'm going to end up getting, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Right. yeah. All right, anyway, enjoy, I appreciate your brother. you, brother. All right, later. All right, we'll Jay Quarry, The Morning Show, Kevin and Quarry. Weekday mornings right here on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 7 until 10 a.m. on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. You know, I had a lot of people come out here. Buffalo Wild Wings and Speedway on Crawfordsville Road. To hang out, and I have not had an ounce of opportunity to hang out. My apologies, but you know this is just kind of this is what is necessary. It's what is necessary. I don't make it personal. I mean, nothing I say, unless you're a horse's ass, is going to be you know me responding with making it personal. But what I am I'm saying, what I've been telling you, is what we have been told and what has been said to us to expect. And it wasn't that yesterday. Quick break, and we'll come back. Got more of these rant line calls to play and a lot of me and you, I think the rest of the way at two, three, nine, 1070 So Kravitz, Bob Kravitz, I think is going to join us in the five, two go ahead and load up right now. I'll get your calls on the other side. Next. Don't leave.
1: The ride with JMV. Collect them, trade them, or just enjoy them. 93.5 and 107.5. The fan.
5: Hey, JMV. I don't know how this Colts team can think they're so good when they haven't gotten it done on the field it's time to move quentin nelson to left tackle left tackle is the most important position on the front line he makes a lot of money and it's time to get some return on that investment he may not like it but we've got him sewn up in a contract and it's time to do what's right for the team i'm out all
0: right Randline was in full effect from yesterday is that me right there Ooh, that was me right there, wasn't it? Thank you, Devin. Yeah, the rant line was in uh, rare form yesterday, too. Now, he's not going to be moved to left tackle. I have squashed my argument with that long ago. Um, I'm just looking for this group to, I'm not just talking about play better. That was a dreadful performance. There is no way in the world, no way in the world that you don't talk about that before anything else today. That's where I start with the offensive line. The highest paid group, the grassroots building, the cobbling together of Chris Ballard. And it all just went to crap yesterday. And it wasn't Kansas City. It wasn't Buffalo. It's a better team in Jacksonville, but that's that's the outcome. That's the level of play that you got in Jacksonville yesterday with that offensive line. And I mentioned this too. These offensive line guys, if you like your positional coach, then you better get your ass in gear or you're going to get him canned. I'm sure that's something you probably know. But that was dreadful yesterday. That can never happen. As I mentioned to Jake and I mentioned to Calvin who originally tweeted, you know, about the three year, years ago change in your position to coach, bull crap. Bull crap. Anybody should be able to coach this group up. Was there any group yesterday around the NFL that looked more overpaid than an offensive line of the Colts? You give up five sacks. And see, Chris Ballard's on the hook for this, too. You got a 37-year-old quarterback. You were mandated to go out and make a change from Carson Wentz. You bring in Matt Ryan at 37. And I know Michael Pittman Jr. was out yesterday, but this happens every year. We seemingly talk about the same thing every year. And you don't go out and replenish. You believe in that particular group yesterday. And oh, by the way, your play caller, your head coach, completely forgets about 21. Not that it would make a great deal of difference because the level of play was so bad. But just what a cataclysmic breakdown of everything. The core beliefs of your general manager, the coaching ability of your head coach, and across the board, other than a select few, like Grover Stewart, for example, the level of play that you expect from guys that deserve to give you a lot better. That's what we dealt with yesterday. That's the direction, in fact, this is going right now. All right, I mentioned calls, two three nine ten seventy. 1070 Tell me if uh, Dylan is still on there, Kyle. Is he still there? Eric, sorry about that. I don't have the assist pro in front of me. Therefore, well, I need a little funny. bit of help. I guess I was a little bit like the offensive line yesterday, not quite doing my job. Go ahead, Eric, jump on here.
7: Uh, thank you for taking my call, my friend. Uh, I want to ask you directly. Um, yes. Who is out there that you would want to take over as the head football coach of this football team right now?
1: Um,
0: I don't want them to have to make this change, Eric, because that means season FUBAR. First time I said FUBAR today. Second time I just said it. I don't want them to have to make that change. Do I think he's the guy right now? No. I don't want them to have to do an in-season change. But since you asked me this, Eric and Vincennes, I will answer it. I honestly don't think, certainly it would be Gus Bradley. I don't think because John Fox is the special assistant of whatever the hell he's doing um, as a former NFL coach would be the guy. I think it would be more like somebody... I like Bubba Ventrone, who's the, uh, the the special teams guy. And not necessarily like I want him, but you may be in a position to do something. That we're breaking some new ground here with that possibility. Because if you look ahead a little bit here on this, Eric, you've got, yeah. you got Kansas City coming in, the home opener. Then you got Tennessee, the home opener, incredibly important. And then you can ask folks around. Um, Jim Irsay holds that. First, any meeting, really, but certainly the first one at home with Tennessee in high regard. So you go 0-3-1, and to me, that may end up forcing the hand of Jim Irsay to do something for the first time Jim Ursay running this team uh, has had to do. And I, I really don't, don't want to see that. But you just come to a point where, what else do you got? If these guys responded with that week one performance... With this performance yesterday, are they listening to their head coach right now? Are they soaking it in? So as much as I don't want to see that happen, it may be forced to happen. But that would be my guess if you were putting me on the spot to guess right now. So you think it'll be done interim? I don't know. I, I, I don't. I, listen, I don't think it will happen. I just think that yesterday was a real good reason Um, to not completely dismiss it. And I think it's going to take two more losses. If you go 0-3-1 to start the season, then that's when I can honestly see it happen. It depends, I guess, also depends on how they look on Sunday. I mean, if they get blown off the field in an embarrassing fashion, you know, maybe something like that. But to me, it'd be 0-3-1 with that start, and then that's when Frank Reich is going to have a lot of trouble and and the owner's going to be you know, put in a position to do something that he's never done.
7: Well, uh, two things that I will not keep you. The fact that we lost that game in Jacksonville last year is when I think this whole thing, just the wheels totally came off. And that's why I wish there would have been changes then. And like you said, he's probably not going to do it during the season, yeah. hopefully maybe during the off season. But on a happier note, uh, do we get the Big Ten title game this year, sir?
0: Football. Um, yeah. Thank you for the, they. They have the Big Ten title game this year, don't they? In football, Kyle.
3: Yeah, they do. I think for this year yeah. and, and next year, and then maybe it goes. Uh, yeah,
0: and then it, it moves after that. I think. I think you're right. Who's your holler? Writes this. I agree. The old line wasn't great, but it's compounded by a forty year old something quarterback that falls down if he feels any heat. Let me tell you this: if you did not know that that's who he was when you got him, what the hell? Why are you running the franchise then? You didn't know that Matt Ryan needed weapons Matt Ryan needed help Matt Ryan needed exemplary offensive line play do I I have to tell somebody do I have to tell you guys to know that do I have to tell them to know that how would you not know that how would that be perfectly clear that's what's going to be necessary so bullcrap bullcrap I listen honestly do I think he looks washed there is no doubt but you knew what you were getting and you knew you had to help him and you haven't yet. That's the problem. That's why I'm not gonna go all in on the quarterback. Normally you would because it's the easiest mark on any football team. But he just kinda is, I hate this, who he is. What is this team, what has Chris Ballard done for him? Quick break and we'll come back. Buffalo Wild Wings and Speedway. Off of Crawfordsville Road, Bud Light Blue Monday, Chiefs Colts tickets, and more to give away. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
1: The Ride with JMV. I want savages on the field. I want to lead the league in broken ribs. I want to put people in the hospital legally. No hitting in the head. I want them to cry and be scared to play us. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
0: Buffalo Wild Wings on a Bud Light Blue Monday. A couple of stops later on this week as well. I'm going to tell Billy who is here right now. So we're going to Joe's Grill in Castleton. Larceny Bourbon Locks, Luna Azul, Tequila Shots coming up on Thursday. Back nine. The back nine. For the first time, the back nine coming up on Friday, on a Bud Light Blue Friday. You guys been to the back nine yet, anybody? I've heard nothing but legendary stories about the back nine. The back nine, you can see it from I-70. It's just off of Morris, I think, near south side of downtown. Thank you. Just off of Morris. But it's going to be a blast coming up on Friday. I'd love to see everybody there. That is a Bud Light Blue Friday, the back nine on Friday. Jake query a little bit earlier, that podcast up, 107.5thefan.com, inside the lounge via YouTube Live. Thank you all for being a part of that. I've been going in and out. I had to give the old piss off to uh, Reed Porter again. Kyle, did you notice that? He just brings it out in me. I can't help it. Sometimes it just goes off that way. Back in studio, by the way, coming up tomorrow. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline. He has been around here a long time and has seen some bad football. Uh, Speaking of legendarily, that was some bad football yesterday down in Jacksonville. Again, for the Colts. And Bob Kravitz joins us. Bob, I want to start right here. Now, I'm not thinking that Jim Irsay is going to break new ground and, you know, can the head coach during the season, anything like that. Now, we could go down that path even further if they reach 0-3 and 1. You know, maybe that enters the mind. But I will tell you this. If this offensive line, Bob, if they like Chris Strasser, if they like being coached up by him, you may want to get your ass in gear sometime soon. Because that that is where I think folks may end up looking with the highest priced offensive line in the NFL. What say you? Well, somebody
8: somebody's got to pay, right? I mean, yes. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna keep Reich and you're gonna keep Ballard, you're gonna keep everybody else around. Uh, certainly, a guy like Chris Strasser, who I, I, I do, I've talked to once, but certainly he's a guy who would seem to be in trouble, but. What bothers me about the offensive line play is it's not just Matt Pryor or Bernard Raymond, who I, Raymond, I think, has played okay. But um, oh, let me just say, if you've got two left tackles, you've got no left tackle. It's just like quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, you I agree. you two of
8: them, you, you got none. But um, it, it, it's a mess. And, and the thing that's bothersome is Braden Smith isn't playing particularly well either. And I don't see greatness from Ryan Kelly or uh, even Quentin Nelson at this point. So uh, I just think it's been a top-to-bottom crap show, uh, to use your, your l- lingo. And, uh, I, you know, I mean, that's where it all starts for this team. I mean, this is where you put all your – not all your money. But, th- you know, that's where they spent most of their money, and it's not uh, producing any dividends.
0: Well, again, if if they like being coached up buying, they may want to get going here because he's the guy to me that's going to stick out like a sore thumb if somebody does have to fall on that proverbial sword moving forward here. Bob Kravitz on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, Is Matt Ryan the Carson Wentz-esque bad decision maker that we have seen so far or is a lot of that? on the offensive line do we even have much of an accurate gauge on matt ryan or is this dude just look washed what do you think
8: well he he looks washed right now but i'm going to give him the bender for the doubt and i do that because he's been so good for so long and i don't think generally speaking uh quarterbacks fall off a cliff that quickly i think in time he will reveal himself to be a really good professional quarterback who can do things with this team right now. I think the problem is your offensive line. I think the problem is the play calling. And as we said about, I think every day on your show in the preseason, at least an hour was dedicated to to (laughs) the question, what they're going to do about their tight ends and receivers. I mean, for God's sake, we don't know anything, but we knew they didn't have enough, but apparently Chris Ballard uh, didn't agree with that assessment. And he said that he was taking receipts on all the criticism. And uh, I, I think uh, uh, he's got nothing to say right now.
0: No, well, and his, his core beliefs on where you foundationally, Bob, build a football team all got holes significantly poked in them yesterday. That's a problem for him.
8: Well, you know, I mean, in today's NFL... Uh, it's about the quarterback and it's about the wide receivers. We saw that. I mean, we've seen that for years. It's not just a, brand new, uh, a brand new thing uh, just because uh, the Cincinnati Bengals got to the, got to the Super Bowl last year or, you know, the Rams won it. it you know, I, I do not have a problem with drafting or paying an interior lineman. I do not. I think if you got a guy who's that good, and he's a Hall of Famer. You do what you got to do to keep him. He's not playing like a Hall of Famer now, although he did he did great out really well the first game. I don't know about the second game, um, but clearly they needed they needed and still need to go out and do something with their wide receiver core. I, who who might that be? OBJ. I have no idea. But right now, uh, I mean, I just feel like he's being. Uh, he, he, he's being hard-headed about the whole thing. He, he has been the whole, the whole preseason. I thought it was obvious going into the season that you can't count on Paris Campbell and you can't count on the rookie uh, to be your number two and number three wide receiver. And then when you don't have those two guys, I mean, my goodness. I thought Ashton Doolin played pretty well, but that was about it. They have no depth. They have no depth when they're fully healthy. And when you take away Pierce and Pittman, you're in a world
3: of hurt.
0: So Bob Kravitz, he's with us via the Andy Moore automotive group hotline from The Athletic. You've been around this team for so long, since the year 2000. Uh, You certainly know Jim Irsay very well. I'm not gonna ask you for any inside info, but obviously your opinion by me is greatly valued. I mentioned at the outset, I don't think a move is gonna be made, but I thought a step in that direction Happened yesterday, and if you go 0-3 and one, maybe we break new ground as far as Jim Ursay coaching decision making in season is concerned. Do you think that has the opportunity of taking place, knowing Jim Ursay as long as you've known him?
8: Jim has never in his in his in his time as the owner of the Colts, he has never fired a coach in the middle of the season. Yeah, his father did. His father did every right. fifteen minutes.
0: Well, yeah, Frank Reich would have been fired nine times by Bob Ursay by now. There's no question. Oh, so
8: He would have been fired at halftime. <laughs> yeah. He would have been fired at halftime. But Jim does not believe in that. Look, this team is, I mean, clearly, clearly there's something deeply wrong with this team. Um, that said, it would not surprise me, and I, I don't want to sound like a cheerleader, but it would not surprise me, you know, if, if Many weeks from now, i talking about a team that's back in the playoff hunt. I still think there's too damn much talent on this team, maybe not in every area, but generally speaking, to still be a contender in the AFC South. We'll see what uh, Tennessee does tonight, but it's entirely possible that, uh, you know, that I thought there was a chance they could play themselves right out of the playoff hunt early on. But if uh, Tennessee loses, I think they got Buffalo tonight, um, you know, then they're, they're, owen, you know, they're, they're in, a, in a world of hurt, too. So I don't think there will be any uh, rush to move off of like. I think, you know, you just look at history. I mean, how many times have they started slow? How many times have they come back? I do think you have to look at the history there, and the history suggests that they're going to get themselves right. I just think this is too good of a team to go completely in the crapper.
0: Yeah, I just I think a year ago I understand where you're coming from. You know, a year ago it was you know, Seattle and the Rams. This year it's Houston and it's Jacksonville. And I, well, I just thought yeah. that was that was such a, a warning signal to me yesterday. These guys, Bob, six and a half months ago got clowned in the same place, knocked out of the postseason, laughed at, joked about, and had to eat that crap burger for six and a half months. And then you come out and you play, and that's the product that you give. I'm sorry I know it's early in the season, and I get where you're coming from, and hopefully, for all of our sake, you're accurate. But this has looked more under Frank Reich here recently like an epidemic more than it is just a blip on the radar screen.
2: Well,
8: look, I I mean, I agree with you there in the sense that this is four straight games with a lot on the line, and they've come out looking completely ill-prepared, and I think it's fair to ask the question, has Frank Reich lost this team, and Right. right now, this looks like a team that is not responding to him or the coaching staff, to have a team that had seven pro bowlers on it last year, and to play the way they did at the end of last season. And then, as you said, they got clowned and then they go out and, and, and it's even worse the second time around. You wonder about the prize. You, you, you really wonder about who they are uh, individually and collectively. And it, this looks like a team that, look, if, if he loses them completely and this is a horrible season, I think he's a goner. I really do. But, I'm not ready to go there yet. These last four games, we'll find out if they were an anomaly uh, or if this is where they're going. But again, I've seen too many one and four, one and five starts followed by nice runs to the edge of the playoffs or the playoffs. So I'm not ready to jump the gun just yet. But I think we are uh, we're in dangerous territory.
0: You think? Um... What would uh, change that particular opinion? Again, I hope that you're accurate. Because as I mentioned to people, you get nine hours of nothing but negativity. And you know this, Bob, that wears this market out pretty damn quick. There's no doubt. By the time I'm getting to the 5 o'clock hour, people are going, holy crap, here we go again. But what what would take you to the brink? What would take you to that point uh, of reasoning that Frank has lost the team? that a change might, sure, probably needs to be made after this Kansas City game? What will you have to see in the negative for that to happen? And obviously in the positive, if you come out there, play well, be competitive, win, lose close, maybe that changes your mind. But in the negative factor of this, you know, what would be your opinion where we would go down that path?
8: If this dumpster fire continues to blaze, um, I think that – you know, if if they fail to make the playoffs, their their heads may, may very well roll. Um, and and I can't argue against it. You can't with this group. You can't miss the playoffs two years in a row. You know, look, I look, Frank Frank has been a pretty damn good coach here. You know, with a different quarterback every single season. Um, but you know, you know, you remember what Larry Bird used to say about basketball coaches that after three, four years, yeah. you no longer hear their voice. And, and you wonder if his approach, which is very Tony Dungy-esque, you know, kind of low-key, low, low key, uh, doesn't scream and yell, but you wonder if this team needs a, uh, needs a kick in the, in the posterior to get going. And I don't know what it's going to take. You would hope that there's enough pride internally that they would get it together. I think they have some players like that. I think it's important to get get uh, Shaquille Leonard back on the field. Obviously, getting the, the wide receivers back on the field, it's, that's going ha- to help a lot. But, you know, it's, the crazy thing is it would not surprise me because this is such a weird week-to-week league. It would not surprise me if they came out and played exceedingly well at home against Kansas City and maybe even beat them. I know that's nuts, but you know one week just does not bleed into the next. Generally speaking, unless you're a really bad football team. Now, if they get run by Kansas City, then it's going to get hot around here. I mean, the, the seat is already warming up.
0: So Bob Kravitz of the Athletic with us via the Andy Moore Automotive group Hotline, Buffalo Wild Wings, Bud Light Blue Monday. We're in Speedway off of Crawfordsville Road on this late afternoon. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's this start is, is something. I consider it this way, too. They've had basically six and a half out of eight quarters of football that have been unwatchable so far. And it yeah, makes you wonder, with, with, with the whole mantra, with, with the outcry, so to speak, of what we heard in the offseason about how they're going to change everything up, changed up training camp to get off to a better start. Uh, and to start out like this, it's um, <laughs> it's ridiculous to be honest with you. Yeah, Absolutely it's, it's, ridiculous.
8: It's it's hard to understand because again, you've got you've got a lot of Pro Bowlers. You've got uh, a veteran quarterback who clearly knows what he's doing. Who I think looks a little worse uh, right now because of the circumstances and what's around him. Uh, yeah, it it makes no sense. I mean, you would think that there would be enough pride to go into Jacksonville after a really rough game in uh, Houston and, and blow them out or at least beat them. They weren't even competitive. I mean, no. I, I'm thinking back, uh, you know, the last time I can remember such a non-competitive game, they lost 62-7 to seven, uh, or something like that down in uh, New Orleans yeah. uh, during the 2-4. and four, I mean, that's the last time I can remember this, this organization being mad in net or this team being mad in net. And, you know, given, you know, given the circumstances of 2011 or what what year was the uh, uh, 2011 went to uh, two and 14. But uh, given the circumstances and the fact they do have all this talent, presumably, this might even be worse. Because, you know, in 11, you were talking about Curtis Painter. God bless his soul.
0: Well, I mean, I was I was at the When was it? 19 December of 19 when they were in New Orleans. And that was. uh Pretty damn ugly in its own right. Right there, Bob, to be honest yeah. with you. That was a Monday night down there. It was pretty ugly. Um, I, I, maybe not. Um, maybe you disagree on this. But does Nick Seriani having successful seat tonight? now that I ask this question, he'll probably stink. His team will probably stink. But offensive coordinator, you know, and then leaving and being in Philly a year ago and going into year number two in Philly. It seems like, you know, with that whole changing of quarterbacks when he had Phillip Rivers here, things did go a lot more smoothly, and they they did adapt to an older quarterback that was completely immobile, certainly more immobile than what you see in Matt Ryan right now. There have been any, uh, what do you you think, any situations where you think that could be somewhat of a difference in all what we're watching right now?
8: uh I, I i i'm not sure i understand the question
0: <laughs> do you think that they miss nick seriani and he's better with oh, guys like this name. than what we have seen with marcus brady and frank reich in that combination
8: well there's certainly uh some curious things going on yesterday um, you know like naheem hines and frank talked about this i watched his press conference today um not getting him involved in the offense outside really of the first play of the game. I think it was the first play of the game. It was a nice, uh, nice uh, pass over the middle. Uh, And you thought, Oh, okay. They've discovered something, but he, yeah, he was what 13 snaps, 15 snaps, something like that. It was, there's a lot of stuff. that's really hard to understand. Um, Primarily, primarily a left tackle where they've decided that two is better than one. And, and the, the lack of use of Naheem Hines. Now, is that why they lost? No. I mean, they, they could have given Naheem Hines the ball 30 times and it would have made a difference. But, uh, I find that curious that you got a game that you're, you're missing Pierce and you're missing Pittman. you would think that'd be a perfect time to get Naheem Hines involved. And they didn't, uh, virtually all game. You know, at the beginning a little bit. But that that's very curious to me.
0: Yeah, well the only time they actually moved a ball yesterday was when they were utilizing him and then inexplicably Matt Ryan threw up that can of corn to like four different Jaguar guys out there. <laughs> so then, yeah. that ended that ended all that. But yes, yeah, seemingly Uh, He wasn't much, at least much, heard from again. I I just, I kind of bring that up. And maybe that's nothing. Maybe that's not at all a part of this. But it does make you wonder, because they adapted, you know, two years ago so well to Rivers and his game when he came in on the fly like that, you know, after that Jacoby Brissett season. And then the last two. Um, We conveniently blame everything on on Carson Wentz. The last two, including these first two weeks, have been incredibly bumpy often. More times than not, I think, offensively.
8: Yeah. No, I mean, look, but remember, the first game with Phillip Rivers was down in Jacksonville. That was the year that Jacksonville went 1-15, and that one came against who? The Colts in week one. I think it was 27-20, and Phillip, Phillip played pretty well until it really mattered, and then at the end he threw a couple of picks. If, if memory serves, um, uh, I, I think you know you know me. I hate to be positive, but uh, I, I, I really feel like they're going to turn this thing around enough to keep to keep the wolves at bay a little bit. Um, if they don't, though, uh, the uh, the fangs will be bared because it's going to get really ugly around here not only for Frank, but I think for Chris as well.
0: So I had a pro football focus guy, or as I also reference uh, nerd, come on in the summertime and told me, because I was really excited, and this is one of the things, I haven't been wrong about wideout, left tackle, or place kicker, but I, you know, I was all on board with this new defense and Yannick Ngakwe coming in, and I've been yeah. completely wrong through two games about that. And and the guy from Football Focus suggested during the summer kind of hurt my feelings a little bit that he thought Ngakwe was a good spot player when he produced. That's the way he's kind of looked. Not even in spots so far. He does not look like what I expected through two games at all.
8: No, not not at all. But you know what? Who has? I mean, has Buckner even had a quarterback hurry? I mean, that's a guy that you you know, you use a first round draft pick on, uh, I, I'm, I really like that guy a lot. I think he's,
3: he's, he's the real
8: deal, but nobody has done anything. Um, the only guys who I thought played reasonably well on defense, I thought that, um, Zaire Franklin was, he, he flashed. I thought EJ speed a couple of times, but I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't sit here and, and break down film. So, um, You know, you get a better answer probably from from people in the organization. But watching the game like anybody else, I didn't see anybody really flash on defense. And I thought that Doug Peterson coached circles around Gus Bradley. Uh, You know, there's an interesting stat that Trevor Lawrence is only pressured, they only brought pressure three times in 30, 30, uh, 30 passes. That's that's hard to imagine. I would think with a young quarterback who has not really proven anything yet in this league that you'd want to put pressure on him, or at least give him the idea that you're bringing pressure, um, right. they just let them do what they wanted. It was just the short passing game was incredible. Um, they, they never made him feel uncomfortable. And I don't care if you're a rookie second year guy, whatever. Um, if you're comfortable, you're gonna you're gonna put up numbers.
0: Bob Kravitz of the Athletic, he's with us via the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. I can't remember a time when you sound a hell of a lot more optimistic than me. We're breaking new ground ourselves here. <laughs> I, I might be getting old and less curmudgeonly. I don't know.
8: I can't explain it. But again, John, I've seen this movie. I've seen the Colton absolutely suck through the first three, four, five weeks and come back. I I just think there's enough there that they're going to pull it together. Uh, Whether that, you know, whether they're going to make the playoffs or do anything, I I don't know. Uh, But I'm telling you, they're going to, they're going to put out an effort against Kansas city because if they don't, um, you know, we, we may see Jim or say, if they get embarrassed, it's not beyond the, the realm of possibility that something might get done like right away.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that too. And listen, your, your point is made because the AFC South is a continued gift, and none of these of teams are going to run away from anybody. There's no doubt. And that's, that's what's kind of sad about this entire thing And our conversation is if there's been one redeeming quality through the first two weeks of this NFL season for a Colts fan, that's it. And really the only yeah. thing. So,
8: yeah. 0-1-1 oh, one one doesn't sound so bad right now because you got to think that <laughs> Buffalo is going to take care of uh, Tennessee. I wouldn't bet the game but uh, and don't even know the line, to be honest with you. But uh, you got to think that Buffalo will take care of business. And, look, Jacksonville and Houston have no staying power. So, look, they go 0-1-1, Tennessee be 0-2. You're still right in the middle of things. So that is the gift that keeps on giving, as you said.
0: There it is. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. We'll see what happens. Maybe we'll go ahead and slide you in for sure this time next Monday to see what our attitudes are. You know what? Just kind of gauge it in a week's time. How about that? Happy to do it, my
8: friend, anytime.
0: All right, buddy. Thank you. Bob Kravitz of The Athletic on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. Man, Ray and Indy's all over me right now. I'll get to the calls. Final 30 belongs to you and I at 239-1070. Yeah, a heavy-hitting, harsh reaction to a game in which yesterday this Colts team absolutely was deserving in the way that they played. Live at Buffalo Wild Wings, Bud Light Blue Monday, we got Chiefs Colts tickets to give away. Ice Cold, Bud Light, great food and more. Crawfordsville Road, Speedway. Your calls at 239-1070
1: next the ride with jmv
2: well you're gonna have to say that
1: you're gonna have to speak up because i can't hear you 93.5 and 107.5 the fan
0: hey welcome back we are in speedway today did you know my grandparents once upon a time lived in speedway between lynnhurst and Winton over off of 15th street back in the day i spent a lot of time going to the saint christopher festival in the day once upon a time i worked across the street i feel comfortable in saying it now it's no longer open I worked at the Union Jack Pub. I famously dropped a pizza that ended up going out to Johnny Rutherford on the floor. <laughs> is that true or not true? I'm not quite sure, but seriously, right across Crawfordsville Road, it's no longer open. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, which is and is hopping. We have Chiefs Colts tickets to give away. We've got Ice Cold Bud Light for you. This is a Bud Light Blue Monday. The Back Nine with our good friends from Zinc Distributing coming up. On Friday, you know, Bob was just on here too, Bob Kravitz of the Athletic. Normally, he goes a little bit harder. What do you guys think? You buy what Bob was saying about been down this road before. they're going to turn things around, slow starting team going to find their niche. I don't think that I'm overblowing or anybody else around here is overblowing just how horrific that performance and the Houston one was. You guys buying what Bob just said inside the lounge via YouTube live at JMV 1070 on Twitter, 239 1070. Kyle, name a caller, pull him up and let's talk to him right now. Go ahead. Tony's up first. Tony, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm just fine. Hey, uh, I'm
5: 73 years old and I've been watching football for a lot of years. Yeah. And seen few games as pathetic as the last four games. I mean, it's just not good for my blood pressure. The, uh, the play calling, not using Hines and Taylor more, and, and definitely the execution. And the only highlights from that game yesterday were from the Jags' perspective. I, I don't think anyone got with it, hardly within 10 feet of Trevor Lawrence. And I'm tired of young quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers from other teams having their career best days against the Colts.
0: Yeah. Listen, Tony, I can't dismiss any of that. It is problematic. It, it, I look at it more as problematic than just, as I mentioned earlier, a blip on the radar, but yeah. some people will happen it, it, to disagree. Tony, anything else?
5: Yeah, it, it just seems like we're trying to revive careers of players from other teams, whether it's Andre Johnson from Houston or defensive lineman or the last several quarterbacks, when it really seems like all the only career we're really going to end up reviving is, is Duke tomato. And you may have to explain that reverence to your younger oh. fans.
0: I will. Lord help our Colts. Tony, thank you for the call. I appreciate that. Lord help our Colts uh, was a song title that he changed up in various ways, especially back in the late 1980s, mid to late 1980s on the Bob and Tom show. Lord help our Colts. Because that's back when they were a laughing stock. That's back when they were a punchline. That's back when... You cared, but you really didn't care. This wasn't an NFL market yet. You went to games, but you went in penny loafers. You went after church and slacks. Nobody tailgated. Nobody gave a big crap. And then the whole dynamic of Manning and Polian and then ultimately Tony Dungy changed your attitude and now you have a certain level of expectations which clearly with this regime have, have not been met. And with that game yesterday... Um, certainly was not even close to being met as to the reason why we're all, and rightly so, incredibly agitated about that inexcusable performance in Jacksonville yesterday. So that's a brief history of Duke Tomato right there. Tony, thank you very much. Simon is next, Two three nine ten seventy. Simon, welcome to the show.
9: Hey, John, thanks for taking my call. Listen, real quick, man, we're about the same age. Man, I've, I've been ride or die since 84, man. I remember like it was yesterday coming back from a St. Louis Cardinals game. We stopped at the honey Creek mall and got a logo. Seven Indianapolis Colts t-shirt from the JCPenney yeah. man. And I've been ride or die forever. Um, used to wear this. on um, used to wear these wins and losses on my, on my sleeve. Like I was a player. Right. And uh, you know, now at 50 years old, I realize there's better stuff in the world, but the problem is I'm still ride or die. Now, Jim Irsay, you know, I, I think I, I don't blame him for this, right? I, I understand he doesn't want to be like his old man and fire people halftime and leave him on the bus. But at the end of the day, man, he's making this clown in front of you look, that comes on in front of you look like Notre, Notre, Notre Dame's. I mean, for crying out loud, what's the answer? Man, I can't. It's ridiculous to see this. You know, I, I've been a season ticket holder since 96. I took 10 years off to raise my boy to 14. And now he's going to the games with me. And the bigger problem here is because I'm a fan. I'm locked in. I wore the mask on Monday night. You know, I listened to yeah. do tomato. I I've survived this no trim to the Colts win era. And I'm still a fan. The problem is i have a 14 year old boy that's more interested in watching NFL stats across the league than paying attention to what I've taught him to be his favorite team. I mean, yep. somebody needs to step up and do something about this. And I don't know who it is. And I don't point my finger to the top because I think Ursay is as good as they come. Man, you know, he does more philanthropic for this city that people don't know about than anything else, right? And he's done his part. He opened his checkbook. I mean, what's the answer, man? I mean, obviously, Frank Wright... Well,
0: I and... and- I wish and Simon, I wish I had an answer for you right now it It is to me it seems like we're moving further and further away from the answer being the head coach. There's no question about that, and uh, you just wonder and yesterday, I wondered the same thing, just how overrated this team looked as a group and that's that was my first thought and really, what is the most damning thought out of this game? That didn't look like a fluke. That looked like one team, one organization that is firmly moving in a different direction, a better direction, a firm standing of being consistently good with a quarterback, an investment in receivers, an investment in edge rushers. It looks like, and a head coach, mind you, that has won a Super Bowl. It seems like that they're on solid footing right now, where all the above that I've talked about with the Colts uh, seems to me to be kind of just... uh, flapping in the breeze, so to speak. So yeah. that probably what was most problematic for me yesterday was the viewpoint between one franchise to the other in this past year.
9: And, and that's exactly right. You know, it, the preseason, it was a laughing joke that we're going to be 2-0 and oh because we've, we've played the two, wor- we play the two worst teams in the league to start. And then here we are with two, basically two losses. I mean that oh that oh oh o one and one just sticks out there like a like a sore thumb, right? A constant reminder. I mean, and I listen. I I told you I've got a son, right? There's nothing more that I like than having quality, character people, but they're not getting it done. I mean, they're not. No, no, something. no. You're right. No, you're and, absolutely and it, right. And we sit here, you know, so la- the laughing, you know.
0: Literally a laughing joke about why we have a. Re- well, a, a thank receiver. you for the call. Yeah, yeah, Simon, you kind of disappeared there. Kyle, go ahead. We got to go to a break anyway. Simon, thank you very much for the call. Um, yeah, a, a joke. This was a team that got unceremoniously clowned by the same organization and knocked out of the postseason in January. Every reason to be just beyond fired up and motivated to come out and kick the crap out of this Jacksonville team. They deserved it. I don't even look back to 2014 as being, to me, why you expected more motivation from this group. It was the way that they had to own, soak up, and live with that embarrassment of not only losing in Jacksonville in that fashion in January, but being ousted out of the postseason. And what is frightening is that is the type of game that you got. That's the level of play that you got yesterday in response to that. That's frightening. Quick break and we'll come back. Phone calls for a final time. Somebody's going to win some tickets here at Buffalo Wild Wings. That's here. Crawfordsville Road, Speedway, Bud Light, Blue Monday, 93.5 and 107.5. The fan.
1: The Ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Yeah.
0: Buffalo Wild Wings and Speedway off of Crawfordsville Road. My man Billy's going to hang around. Somebody's going to win some tickets to the Sunday game. That's a 1 o'clock start. I start at 9 a.m. at the Bullseye Event Center with BullseyeEventGroup.com. 9 a.m., 10 a.m. from Touchdown Town with our friends from Bud Light. Me, the gore man, Joe Wrights. Joe Wright is going to have to preach some positivity to me coming up on Sunday morning. Bill Brooks is going to be a part of that action as well. That's touchdown town beginning at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. until noon coming up on Sunday. That's the Colts' home opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. What did you say, Kyle? That's Romo and Nance yeah. on Sunday?
3: They get uh, the CBS number one crew. It must be a bad slate of CBS games next week.
0: I guess so. Hey, hit a call really quick. Who do we go to?
3: Let's go to uh, Kevin's been waiting for a little while. Kevin.
0: Kevin, jump on at 239 Hello. John, how are you? I am Kevin, I'm off, okay. I'm, I'm tired. Of, I am tired of being negative and griping. I am man, tired I'm of that. Off. I'm tired of me. And if you're not pissed off, then you're not a true coach
7: fan. You know what I mean? You're just a fan. You're not a diehard fan. I'll say that. Yeah. But look, hey, let me I'm, tell you I'm, this. I'm, bro.
0: You, you can't have that act yesterday. You can't have it. Go ahead. Man, you can't.
7: But listen, you can't – Frank Wright is the source of the problem. I'm sorry. I like the guy. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt over the years. But I, I've been pissed yeah. off at Frank Wright since last year in that uh, home game against Tennessee. 14 to nothing first half, but then you want to go – or first quarter, then you want to go for a fourth and three in the middle of the field. And that's what turned the game, and we wound up ultimately losing the game. You know what I mean? So, we yeah. have more good games the rest of that season. But for all the people that are saying it's just the first two games and, you know, we're overreacting, I'm tired of missing out on the first two games. Last year, we went one and three. But we we played some quality teams. Now, we shouldn't have beat the Rams that second game. For, that was a great well, I mean, hey, And that, let,
0: me, let me tell you this. Let me, thank you for the call, too. Uh, his guys aren't playing for him right now. So, either they're not playing for him right now or – He's lost him. I mean, people say, has he lost? Has his voice lost the team? It it certainly has looked like it. I mean, in a game in which you should have been cataclysmically motivated for, you didn't show up. Didn't show up in any facet of the game yesterday. Problematic. Ten seconds, Kai. Thank you for the call. Kyle, one more caller. Give me ten seconds of. Go ahead. Dwayne, come in here. Dwayne, give me ten good seconds. Hey,
8: John, I just... uh... I'm really frustrated. This team everybody talks about you got two two games in and they get off to a slow start. How many
7: times in those slow starts has this team played five divisional games in the first I know Dwayne,
0: there's there's your ten good seconds. My wife used to say that, Kyle. Now she doesn't even mess with it, he must whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Hey, thank you, Bud Light. Devin, great job. Brittany Siana, fantastic job from you guys today. Somebody's going to win some Colts home opening tickets. We're going to be back with you at Bud Light on a blue Friday. Back nine coming up on Friday. The back nine. Thank you, Buffalo Wild Wings and Speedway. Everybody that came out. Colts Roundtable Live is coming up next. I'm back in studio with you tomorrow. Kyle, fantastic job. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan.